Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Turn up your volume. This is Unfuck Nation. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Unfuck Nation. I am your host, Gary John Bishop. And thank you. Thank you for being a listener. Thank you for being a member of the nation. Of course, if you haven't done so yet, please remember to review the show, whatever you're getting your podcast, write the show, whatever you're getting your podcast. And if at all possible, click on that subscribe button, right? That makes a big difference to the popularity of the show, where the show gets placed, and the kind of difference that we get to make for people. So as a member of the nation, I'm relying on you. I'm relying on you to step up, write, review, and subscribe. All right, we got a hot diggity dang dog dinger of a show for you this week. This is something that I haven't really talked too much about. A little bit in a book or two, you might see a little mention of this but I haven't really gone into it in any great detail. And that is the two lives that you get to live. So as a human being, you have a choice in life to live one of two lives. Now, when I say it's a choice, it doesn't always feel like you have a choice, number one. But secondly, what does it actually look like for you to choose what I'm specifically talking about here. You see, what I'm talking about is your two lives, that is the life that you have, one, by default, so you have a default life, that is most likely, by the way, the life that you're living right now. And the other life is a life of your creation. So I'm going to make a distinction between both of those things for you today so that it becomes very, very real for you, right? I'm going to break down some otherwise, a little woo-woo talk. I'm going to break it down for you in a way that actually makes complete and utter sense to you. So what do I mean by your default life? Well, right now you have a default relationship to yourself. That is, you relate to yourself in a very predictable way. You have a default relationship to your body. You have a default relationship to your finances, you have a default relationship to your parents and your siblings and your job and your career and your intelligence. You have a default relationship to absolutely everything that's going on around you in your life. That is, there's a baseline way that you relate to everybody and everything. 
And for the most part, you're just going along in life, struggling with your default relationships to everything. So you're looking for answers for a default relationship that you have with yourself. You're looking for insights into the default relationship that you have with money. So in other words, there's an already existing way that you relate to everything. So just think about that for a moment. Think about like areas of your life right now that might not be going quite the way you want it to go. What you're struggling with in that area of your life, the answers that you're looking for are all coming from that default relationship that you have to it. And so when you hear me talking about that phrase of mine, interrupt the drift, I'm talking about you interrupting the drift of your default relationship to absolutely freaking everything. You, my unfucked friend, are on autopilot. You go through your life on autopilot. You gouge your way through the day on autopilot. Looking for answers on autopilot. Looking for solutions on autopilot. You spend your entire life looking at what you think is life, but in fact isn't life. It's your default view of everything. So then it's little wonder that we look for external stimuli, that is things outside of us, to cheer us up or inspire us or somehow make this life go in a different direction. Some of you rely on character traits like hard work, determination, kindness to make your way through life. But I want you to get here like your choice in life is to first see the default ways in which you engage with everything, right? There's far too many of you, and I know this, by the way, from the emails and stuff that I get from you guys, far too many of you are overthinking what's next for you in life. You really just need to step into it. You need to cut out the bullshit and step into it. But overthinking is a default way that you interact with life. So of course you'll be overthinking. Of course you'll be confused because it's your default way. And so it's imperative, it's absolutely imperative for you to understand the default ways that you are engaging with your life. You see, if you keep coming at it from the same place, the best you can hope for is an answer or a solution or some kind of relief to your own self-created reality. You don't realize that you're constantly going around in life generating your own experience of things. You're too busy looking at the things that you don't realize you're generating your own experience of it, what it feels like. Your experience of being alive is coming from you. It's not coming from the outside in. How do I know that? Because not everyone has the same experience as you do. We all experience life very, very differently. 
even when we're placed in the same situations and circumstances. So then it's not the situation or circumstance, but rather the person who's engaging with it. So that's your first choice in life is to start to see your own default. And a great way to see it, by the way, is when things are not going your way. Like, what do you typically do by default? Do you have a few extra drinks? Do you want to sleep more? Do you eat more? Do you disengage? Do you over-engage? Like, what do you do in the specific areas of life when life isn't going your way? Do you retreat? Do you pull out? Do you blame everybody else? Like it's not your fault. So you first got to identify the ways in which your default world is happening. Without any intervention from you, by the way, you'll go along on that autopilot until the day you fucking die. That will be the course of your life. Nothing else will happen. For those of you that are currently thinking of the default relationship you have with your mom or your dad, whether they're alive or not, by the way, that's your default relationship. You're only looking for solutions to that default. You're not looking at that from like another perspective. You keep coming at it from the same old one. In fact, for some of you, even my suggesting that there's another perspective you're starting to get pissed off and dug in. So that's what it is to live a life of default. It's a life on automatic, on autopilot, hooked by the same old triggers and upsets, and basically just seeing life and yourself and everything that's going on around you through the same predictable lens, hearing the same predictable things. I did an Instagram live a couple of weeks ago, you guys, and I, I mentioned that your incompletions are constantly showing up around you, but it seems like it's life that's doing that to you. And some people really got it, but other people like were struggling to you know, see for themselves what I was talking about when I was talking about incompletions. So I'm going to give you a very simple example but you would obviously have to look for your own. And by the way, this is part of the baggage for a human being. So if you think this is a little too wispy for you, like there's not enough meat in this for you, you really got to get what is the baggage for a human being? Well, baggage for a human being, you guys, is quite simply the things that you're carrying around in your mind that are unresolved for you and were never quite resolved I'm going to give you a good example. So if you had an experience as a kid, right, that your parents never quite understood you or a parent never quite understood you, never quite got what it was like for you, you'll notice as an adult, that's a recurring upset. And I don't just mean with your parents. That upset, that little hook keeps coming up. In other relationships, it might be at work, like they don't understand you, you experience frustration. Sometimes you experience resentment. And it's like, they're not listening, they don't get me, they don't know what it's like for me. Like it's a recurring incompletion from your childhood. And that incompletion is there for you by default. 
Like it's there waiting to happen. So the first part is understanding and starting to see at least some of your defaults. Okay. Which brings me to the next part of this because I did say there's a fucking choice. So that's the first choice. And I want you to get it like a cognitive conscious choice. Like you have a choice to live your life by default or a life of creation, which again sounds a bit woo-woo, but it's not. What does it look like in the day-to-day living of a human being's life to live a life of creation? Well, the first thing is acknowledging what you typically do by default, of seeing that, of seeing how life plays out when you do what you do, when you do what you typically do. A life of creation, on the other hand, is when you start to bring a certain kind of sense of curiosity about your life, about yourself, about not who you are, but who you could be, like the kind of human being that you've really always wanted to be. So in a life of default, I might get into a situation where I'm frustrated and I might say, well, this person just doesn't get me. They just don't get me. They're not listening. They don't understand. That would be all my usual triggers and upsets given my default condition. To live a life of creation in this example, by the way, and it's just a fucking example. Don't get hung up in the example. In a life of creation, I might say to myself, okay, that's what's there by default. Now, what could I create right now? What I might create in that instance is, how do I better understand the person I'm talking to? And you'll notice it's very different. I'm not now trying to be understood. I'm now making the effort to understand. Like I'm completely changing the way that I'm engaging with this situation by virtue of one, my own acknowledgement that is acknowledging what I typically do, and then two, following a pathway of something that I'm creating. And by the way, this is a muscle. This is something that human beings get better at and better at and better at. And you actually do start to see that you are constantly in a state of creating your own reality, either by default or consciously. And there's no in-between. You're either on autopilot or in certain moments of your life, you're awake and you're conscious and you're intervening in a way that fulfills on the life that you say you want to live. Ultimately, that's the game. Is the distinction between a life of the predictable, a life of your default hooks, triggers, emotional states, living within a very defined range of who you've become, or creating a life, creating who you are, putting yourself out there a little bit, and starting to experiment with who you could be. That's your choice, folks. Do it by default or create it. It's your life. You get to say, but don't fucking say I didn't tell you. Default or create. The choice is yours. All right, you guys, we're going to go on a quick break right now. We're going to come back with another freaking brilliant question from the nation. Of course, if you want to participate in a future show, leave me a voicemail, 646 
650-3203, or email me, connect at garyjohnbishop.com with your comment or your question or your idea for a future show. Or you can contact me through the website, unfucknation.com. There's a little form you can fill out there with your name and whatever question you might have. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back in just a moment with our question from the nation for the week. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Thank you for hanging around. We got a great question this week from the nation. This is from Rachel. Okay. We had a Rachel on a while back. This is a different Rachel. Okay. This just came in a couple of days ago, actually, this message. And it grabbed my attention so much that I knew it would make a difference for a lot of you. So here we go. Rachel says, my boyfriend and I have been together a year and a half. We met shortly before his hostile divorce. According to him, his marriage was very combative and he felt trapped, even though they had two children together. However, to this day, he continually seeks revenge on her. He starts petty fights, says hurtful things to her and vice versa. He even created a fake Facebook account to see her activity. I'd almost say stalk her. My questions are, will this behavior ever end? And is it true that people need time to heal after a long relationship? All right. Oh my gosh, Rachel. I wish I could talk to him. Because he needs the proverbial Scottish existential kick up the arse. But anyway, here we go. There's a part of your communication here that I feel as if you don't believe him. I think you're looking at his behavior from what you're seeing now and you're kind of comparing it to what he said the relationship was like and there's something about those two things that just don't add up for you. Like he's saying it was very combative, yet here he is still in combat. So that's definitely something for you to address here is like, I think it's creeping in that you don't believe him. Now, I will say this for sure. How he deals with his upsets is not personal. So that is, however he's dealing with his upset with her, that's how he deals with all his upsets. But that's just the same as you. I'm not out to make him wrong or point the finger at him. I'm just saying how he handles his upsets what you're seeing, this is how he does it. Okay, so you've got your way of handling your upsets. This is his way. So this whole notion of starting petty fights, saying hurtful things, this is all payback time. Okay, and one of the main reasons, by the way, that I've been hard at work on this new relationship book is because of shit like this. So this is somebody who's now 
like engaging with online activity, for instance, that if his ex found out about it, I mean, I'm not sure, but I mean, I, I mean, I would go to the fucking cops. I'd be like, fuck that shit, right? So you'd say almost stalk her. Kind of sounds like that, right? If it's not stalking her, it's kind of fucking stalky, <laughs> right? So your questions are, will this behavior ever end? Not as long as he's committed to being right and paying her back for whatever he feels he was slighted for. So no, it will not end. And is it true that people need time to heal after a long relationship? He's not healing, my friend. He's, as you said, he's in combat. There is nothing about this from him that has got anything to do with healing. And in fact, if anything, every time he engages with her in the way that he does, he is demonstrating a full-blown commitment to keeping that wound fresh, right? I mean, he's, he is committed to keeping that wound fresh. So where does all of that leave you? Well, I think very much so. You're the one that's in a relationship with him now. This is a kind of behavior, the kind of stuff that ultimately is affecting your relationship now and will continue to do so. So I think you've got to put yourself in a spot where you might say, well, you might ask him, how does this get resolved? Because this might not be something you're comfortable with or happy with having in your life. And I get that. That's why I'm always at great pains to people who say, you know, you got to find a way to end the relationship in much the same way you came into it. All that bitterness, all that darkness, it does no one any good, but most of all, like the people who are perpetuating that shit, you think you're paying them back. You're not. You're, I mean, as you can see from Rachel's boyfriend here, you're starting to negatively impact your current relationship with your insistence on payback for the old one. The old one is over. It's over. Like, it cannot function the way that it did when he went into it. It's done. So I think you've really got to ask yourself with, like, you've got a bunch of concerns here. One is what he said about that relationship true, because you're seeing him behave in a certain way where you're like, holy shit, right? Because most people, when they come out of a sucky relationship, it's just all blame. They blame the other person. It's all like, oh, yeah, they did this and they did that and they fucking suck and did that. But relationships have two people in them. Two people are playing out their own story. And sometimes, like you, Rachel, you get an opportunity to take a little glance over the fence and see how it's doing over there. So I think there's something you need to confront there in terms of do you fully believe them? And if you don't, you got to get that out. You can't let that fester. That'll eat away your relationship. You got to say, look, I know what you said, Ian, I'm watching what you're doing now, and it doesn't fucking look good. This does not look good. But right now, he has a massive commitment to the past, and regardless of what he says, his eyes are not on the future. His eyes are on the past. That's why he's doing everything that he's doing. And yeah, he's engaging with one of these fascinations that can just spiral right down a fucking dark hole. So it's not so much like he needs time to heal I think you've really got to put it firmly at his doorstep and say, this doesn't work for me. 
And I know you got to deal with your shit, but you clearly can't deal with it yourself. So you got to find a way to accelerate this process yourself because this is, this is not a good thing, right? And it's not, by the way, Rachel, this is not a good fucking thing. So you can support him through this, but I think you got to draw your own little line in the sand and say, people might need time to heal, but they don't need time to continue to resent and punish. They're not the same thing. And that's a conversation that I would fully encourage you to have with him. And so that he might get a chance to see the impact of some of his actions. But at the same time, you know, you really got to question your own tolerance here. This is your life too, right? And I know people say, well, I'm in love and I'm that, that, that. I know, but this is your life. So you have to make choices about who you're choosing and powerful choices about who you're choosing to share your life with. And if that works, then that works. And if that doesn't work, and I'm not saying this is the case here, Rachel, by the way, but if there's a point where this just doesn't work for you, you got to have the courage to take that stand, right? Again, I'm not saying that's the case here. But these are the kinds of items that can just rot the guts out of an otherwise great relationship. So the longer you sit around and let this thing continue to fester, it will not get better. It won't. It'll eat away, you guys. You got to complete the past, create the future, get on with your fucking lives. All right, you guys, that's it for this week's show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a member of the nation and also don't forget to jump into the unfuck store get your unfuck nation t-shirts those things are going like freaking hotcakes and i'm loving these pictures i'm getting i'm getting some just cool i'm some of them by the way i've been i've been reposting i'm on instagram so you'll see them out there if you're not following me on social media by the way come the hell on instagram gary john bishop on twitter at gary john bishop and on facebook one in seven billion all right, you guys, that's it for this week. Have a great one. I'll see you on the flip side. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.